the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off the Leash. Plenty to talk about. What a night of greyhound racing coming up on Thursday night. The Harrison Dawson heats, of course, the final of the Sapphire Ground where the best female greyhounds do battle there at Sandown on Thursday night. Molly Haynes joins us to preview that night and also talk greyhound racing and the biggest news throughout the week. Good morning to you, Molly. Hello, Gareth. How are you going? Good, thank you. We have a special guest and we'll get straight to Greg Board because he is the owner of one of the finalists in the Sapphire Crown in Spring Fair, trained by the great Anthony as a party. And boy, she's got a big chance come Thursday night. And Greg Board now joins us here on Off the Leash on RSN Central. Good morning to you, Greg, or afternoon to you, Greg. <laughs> yeah, good morning to you or afternoon, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Are you excited about Thursday night? Oh, yeah, like, you know, I've been in a lot of big races and that sort of thing, but um, it'd be nice to see her go well. Yeah, she's going well since we sent her out there with Anthony. Mm. Now, Greg, I wanted to, to rewind the clock, uh, I don't want to say a fair few years, but a few years ago, to when you sold Anthony, you sold a very young Anthony as a party, his first good greyhound. Um, do you want to tell me about Spring Money Shot and how that relationship with Anthony has flourished? Yeah, well, um, I run into Anthony a few times. We're going back a long while there now, and um, I had that dog called Spring Money Shop. We went to the big Carnival Carnival, which I used to go to every year, and Anthony and, and his brother saved up a bit of money to back one of theirs, and he said the only stumbling block would be the boards, and uh, he led me. Anyway, they went ahead and put it on, and... And needless to say, money shot run them over and won the race. And then they, they, they asked me, would I sell him, sell him to him? And so I sold him to him and he went, I think he won the Bathurst Cup and a few nice races for Anthony. He went really well and he named his place money shot lodge after him, you know. So yeah, yeah it's a long what's that? but he's bought a few nice dogs off me, Anthony. Um, and they've all gone well. Did you think when you met Anthony, Back in those days, he would become the trainer that he is today, of course, winning Melbourne Cups these days. No, no, well, you know, we were all sort of battlers and battling away around country tracks and here, there and everywhere, you know, and uh, things have really gone well for him and I'm pleased because he's a very honourable sort of a person, you know. Um, I, I take a lot of that. I, I, um, I like people that are honest and by their word like my words be bond as people will tell you that deal with me you know now greg spring fair had you used to train spring fair in in south australia can you talk me through the decision to give her to anthony to train because despite your long running relationship this is the first greyhound that anthony's actually trained for you yes well uh <laughs> um well, I, I had Spring Fair here, like, and the week before she went, she went the best of the night at, at uh, Angle Park in 2970 or something, I think. And she's also won there just a tick outside the record over the 388. And uh, I got a, a younger brother to her here that I raced called Spring Vinny. And they... Well, they're both going to be free-for-all and they don't get many free-for-all races here. Uh, one on the, a Thursday night and only one dog can win. So when Anthony come over for the Murray Bridge Cup, he called in here and 
And I said, then you want to take her home? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'd love to. So yeah, he took her, took, took her home and she's gone well over there for him. And uh, it might be a thing of, of more to come, like, you know, because we do have a lot of dogs, race a lot of dogs all over the all over the country. Like we have, I have 25 up at Ipswich and with the Byers family, and they do quite well with them. I win the trainers' premiership every year up there with my dogs. So, yeah, and I have some in Melbourne, and, yeah, I have. Yeah. But I'm over here just racing a few dogs myself now in South Australia. You're flying, Greg. Just before we're running out of time quickly, this yeah. is the last one before we can let you go. Can Spring Fair from Box 3, can she do it and take out the Group 1 Thursday night? Well, it's the best box she's drawn since she's been over there. So with a bit of good luck to us, which Anthony seems to have sometimes, and a bit of bad luck to some other trainers, I suppose, anything can happen once you make a final. All right, mate. You go and get them, and good luck on Thursday night. Thanks for your time, Greg. Okay, thank you very much. See ya. This is Off the Leash here on RSN Central. You're with Gareth Hall, Molly Haynes. And now, Georgie Farooja joins us. Good morning or good afternoon to you once again, George. Good afternoon, guys. Hope you're both well. Plenty to look forward to this Thursday night. We'll talk about the Sapphire Crown now. She's nice and short now into $1.75 Black Opium. Does she just rock up there on Thursday night and win this Group 1 and take out her first Group 1 there on Thursday night, George? Yeah, with the way she's been going, you'd think that's got to be the case. She's just racing with really good confidence. The uh, the camp have said that she's probably peaking at the moment. She's obviously taken on so many good dogs in her career, and with all due respect to this field, there's some very, very good female chasers in it, but she's raced against the best for the last 18, 24 months. And, yeah, look, if she can begin and clear a little bit of trouble from her kennel mate in Box 5, uh, I think she'll be incredibly hard to beat. If she does win, she goes over... Half a million dollars in prize money, Gareth. So that's an extra cherry on top for her. And yeah, she's, she's just racing so well. Her heat win was unbelievable. Yeah. Is there any concern, Molly, that she won't get to the fence first? I really don't think so. Like George said, she was so impressive in her heat win last week. And I think when the Thompsons are saying that she's on top, you, you've got to believe them as well. And to, uh, incredibly, you know, George mentioned that if she this, she'll be, you know, over half a million dollars in prize money up her sleeve. But she's got to over four hundred fifty thousand in prize money without winning a feature race. That is phenomenal in it, right? And I think, for me, it's really the interest is going to come in the placings because I just. I just can't see Black Opium getting beaten. This is her time to shine. She she missed out in the laurels at Sandown after the bit of a you know a controversial um, I suppose happening in the heats when they they were only half run and she didn't get balloted to to draw into the laurels and she was one of the favourites since you know she kind of hit the scene. So I think this is her time to shine. A female only race and I think the Sapphire is going to be hers. Yep, so she's at a dollar eighty. She dominates the betting. She's just been a little easy over the last twenty four hours with the tab, but she's a dollar eighty to win her first Group One. Chart topper at seven fifty. Medallia Maggie at six. Spring Fair for Anthony has a party at seven dollars. Ashton Silk at eight dollars fifty, and then Nanga Diva at twelve dollars. Big odds for the rest. George, when when you have a look at this field, is there any dangers? Is there a roughie in this year's Sapphire Crown Final? Yeah, the roughie for me has got to be Nangar Diva. I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised that she's around the $12 mark, Gareth. And 
I know she led and had absolutely no excuses in her heat run. She got run down by Tallulah Bale and herself ran about 29.74. So she's a fair way off black opium. But if we go back and have a look at Nangar Diva's form, this is her fifth group final. She ran third to Seneki in the Brisbane Cup final. I know it was um, last year sometime, but she's a very, very talented type on a day. And it was her first run back for a month too. So I think she'll improve. I don't mind where she's drawn either. I think she handles wide draws as well. She's proven that right through her career. So if you're looking for value, that's uh, that's where it is, I think, Nangar Diva. The only thing with Black Opium that maybe could cause a little bit of an issue, but again, not that Aston Silk is anywhere in the same class as Black Opium, but Aston Silk's last two wins at the Meadows, she split at five seconds flat and 5.02. That's elite. Um, that shows uh, her early speed. And she just might give uh, Aston, uh, Black Opium a little bit of curry early. But if, if they straighten up next to each other, Black Opium will just blow her away. So... It's, it's an intriguing race still. Um, you know, you'd love to go in with the odds on favourite. You wouldn't swap her for anything going into this race. But, you know, there's, there's some talented females to go around as well. And Nangar Diva, for me, is clearly the value of the race. Really looking forward to the heats of the Harrison Dawes and some of the best greyhounds in the country will be doing battle. And in the first heat, the $2.20 market leader is the New South Wales star, now with Anthony as a party. Good Hods, uh, good odds errata. Um, currently at $2.20 in front of Ashton Kate at $4.60 here, Molly. So it's exciting to see good odds errata arrive here in Victoria. Oh, absolutely. And look, Anthony is both excited and a little bit nervous about, I suppose, having a dog like good odds errata in his care, which is, is funny because Anthony's had some of the best and the best, especially of recent times. But when I spoke to him last night, he said that good odds errata has been trialling well. He's obviously a million-dollar chase winner. And I think this this race is probably his for the picking. And I think in the opening heat, he's, he's, all eyes are going to be on this greyhound. Yeah, what about you, Georgie? Is he does he deserve to be that short in the market in the opening heat of the Harrison Dawson? Listen, it's funny because this is a greyhound that throughout his career has clearly done his best racing in New South Wales. Now he's settled with Anthony as a party. Um, look, it's the easiest of the three heats for mine, for sure. Good odds for Rada's heat, so he gets an opportunity. When I spoke to you a little bit earlier, Gareth, you sounded like you had a little bit of mail on him, so he must have trailed, trailed okay. At I made that up. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, no, look, I'm I mean, just thinking the market, yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's a very talented dog. The Greyhound's running box one. Vivitar is exactly where he wants to be. Leon Bale's running that Warnable Cup was good. So certainly not uh, easy pickings, but uh, of the three heats, I think uh, this is certainly the easiest one considering the talent we've got in the next two. All right, then, let's have a look at the other heats. Tigalong Tonk, well, he's come up at $1.70 here, Molly, and he takes on Fernando's ride, another one for Anthony as a party. But Tigalong Tonk, he's just in a purple patch of form at the moment. He's in the zone, apart from that small hiccup during the Warnable Cup Carnival. Um, he does look tough to beat during this series, despite having a whitey box come uh, Thursday night. Absolutely. Look, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. But to tell you the truth, I don't actually hate to go on Tonk from Box 6 in this heat. I know it's, well, for me, probably, oh, it's hard to tell which was which is the toughest heat between the second and the third heat, especially when you're contending with the likes of Fernando's Riot drawn towards the inside. And although Anthony as a party thinks Fernando's ride is, is it's a tough one for him, I think he's shown that he can push through and, and win races people don't expect him to win. 
So I think that's going to be the really interesting battle between Tigalong Tonk and Fernando's Riot. But when a greyhound's high on confidence, like Tigalong Tonk, I just don't think you can go past him. He is a pure talent. He's run phenomenal times at Sandown. And I think there's going to be so much interest in these last two heats of the Harrison Dawson. I just cannot wait for Thursday night to roll around. Well, I agree. I agree with you, Mola. I don't think um, box six is a problem at all, especially with Mapungus Pegasus drawn on his inside. He's a talented greyhound, but certainly lacks a little bit of early speed. I think if Tigalong Tonk just begins cleanly with them, he'll be incredibly hard to beat. It'll be an unbelievable effort for Corey Grenfell, of course, to win another Harrison Dawson, as you mentioned, winning with Orson Allen and winning a Horsham Cup with him as well. So, uh, yeah, look, he's got a special one here. I think the uh, the favourites of the, um, the final deserves to have Tigalong Tonk in it, that's for sure. All right, then, let's have a look at the, the next heat and the final heat. And this is another ripper. And we have the favourite here, Simon Told Helen, at $2.40 from Box 7. Hardstyle Rico at $5.50. And then Halberd Bale at $3.80, drawn box number one. Your thoughts here, Molly? Look, I think this is probably the hardest race for me to read out of these Harrison-Dawson heats because Jim Zardashian cannot draw a box to save him. I just cannot wait for this greyhound to be drawn towards the rail a little bit more. I think he's pretty much got tattooed rugs five and six on him, the poor thing, because that's all we see him come out of. And he still performs, but he is young. And look, Simon told Helen, I think this greyhound is going to be so much fitter for those two Warnable Cups um, series runs. He ran second in, in his Wannable Cup heat and he just didn't quite get there in the Cup final. I think that opening um, the Wannable Cup heat win for Simon Told Helen, it was a tough one for him. It was on a real bog track because of the weather and I think uh, he's just going to perform so well on, I think it's going to be nice weather to tell you the truth on, on Thursday night. I think that's going to make all the difference. I do believe he trialled at Sandown and he, he went well. So I think Simon Told Helen is going to be extremely hard to beat. But then what about the likes of Hardstyle Rico and as well Wallbanger George? We cannot not get behind Wallbanger in this Harrison Dawson heat. How good would it be for the draft if Wallbanger got through to a Group 1 race? Oh, I'd, uh, I'd be very, very happy for connections. But I'll tell you what, he's up against an old Harvey, that's for sure. <laughs> Simon Told Helen, um, just to give you a guide, uh, Gareth, if you can run post to post, which is one whole lap of the Sandown track, in around 23 seconds, it's, it's very, very good. It's what free-for-all dogs will run, and you, you go into a race confident. Simon Tall Helen trolled 22.75. It's silly. It really is. It, it, mm. it's the speed of this greyhound. He seems to be getting back into the form we know and love with him. His Warnable Cup uh, run was absolutely outstanding. I think he'll just be winning this race. And as Molly said, I, I think the weather is going to hold up okay. We could really see some sort of time here. He's already got a very good PB of 29.36. And despite the unbelievable depth in this heat, uh, you know, Jim Zardashian, Short Pork is a track record holder. Hardstyle Rico is a track record holder. Albert Bale and Yozo Bale, so much early speed. Um, I just think Simon Told Helen should be uh, very, very hard to beat. It's a terrific race. He won't get any trouble from Lucy's Milo drawn in his direct right. Uh, and I think uh, we will see the best. And then... We get to see an incredible final if the likes of Tigalong Tonk, Good Odds Arata, Simon Told Helen can make it through, even with the absence of Zambora Brocky, uh, Zambora Spokey, sorry, and uh, Hooked on Scotch. Um, it'll be interesting to see where Jason takes those two greyhounds next. Yeah, looking forward to Thursday night. Mouth-watering stuff. Um, great news for Bendigo as well during the week, Molly, that obviously the coronavirus hit basically 
just before their carnival started. So we thought that we'd be losing some of their bigger races like the, the Gold Rush Maiden. But now these races have been put back on and we can look forward to them in the middle part of June. Absolutely, and you had Troy Harley on your show yesterday and he spoke so well about the excitement levels of, of having these races back. And I think, George, as a breeder and, and someone who's so interested in these Vic Fred Maiden series or just Maiden series in general, it's so exciting that we're going to have this race back because there are a lot of people who had set dogs, set maidens for this race because it's really hard to set a dog for a maiden race because you're wanting them to have field experience but they kind of want a race to be in this series. So I think it's just so exciting that we get this Gold Rush Maiden series, 10,000 to the winner, and it'll all be happening on the 13th of June. Yeah, look, it's, I think it's a patience thing, isn't it, with trainers? I mean, their dogs will be trialling well and they're just itching to, to get them going. Um, but, you, you know, they don't have uh, wait to long, uh, too, wait, uh, too long to wait, sorry, for the Bendigo Gold Rush. And we always see so many great greyhounds come out of this series. We've got to congratulate Bendigo on what they've done here, Troy Harley and his team, especially with their announcement of the Bendigo Cup, worth $50,000 first prize. I mean, in this day and age, the way it's going, of course, with, the, with COVID, um, you know, I think that's a, a tremendous effort by a really progressive club. Yep, looking forward to that. Um, just less than a month now, just over a month away for some of those feature races during the, the Bendigo year being back on, which is great. And can't wait for the Cannonball on Friday night, Molly, there at Geelong. Yes, absolutely. There are a few nice old dogs and a couple of nice new dogs that are in this Cannonball sprint on Friday night. It's 5,000 to the winner. It's probably um, Geelong, maybe second or third biggest race, obviously, behind the Geelong Cup. Um, in their year and I think a standout for me in the heat was Fernando Bluey. He, um, he was the fastest heat winner but what was so impressive is that he's had just a six start for three wins and when he's coming up against dogs like Mighty Max Gone and even Untold, Untold Soldier who's in fantastic form, it's going to be a real test to this greyhound and we're going to see if he can step up to that next level, George. Yeah, it is. You're right. And, and they're the greyhounds that immediately caught my eye. Mighty Max Gone, who's a terrific chaser over this type of distance, an untold soldier who's been around for a little while and is just a star. And the other interesting runner is Matunga Wonder. Probably not his absolute niche distance, but the way he won his heat was very, very impressive. It's a terrific race. Um, my old man actually won this race in 1983, and he brings it up every Christmas after a couple of sherbets. So... <laughs> it's a race that I always sort of have a look out for, the Cannonball, and, um, yeah, look, it's been going ever since. So terrific effort by the Geelong Club to keep this uh, this race going. Obviously, Uncle Marzi didn't pack it, then. <laughs> uh, Uncle Marzi wasn't on, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about Greyhounds to follow before we wrap it up, guys? First of all, to you, Molly. But I'm really liking the resurgence of Matunga Isla. She stepped on the scene early last year, or the middle of last year, I should say, and she ran some fantastic times around the traps, but she did have around six months off after a campaign in Brisbane. She had tore her Achilles and had to have surgery to repair it. And I spoke to Adam Richardson this morning and, and he said she's pulled up really well from her first start back. It was a win at Geelong on Friday night and near best of the night time. So hopefully she's back and firing. I don't know when she's going to race next, but what I do know is when greyhounds are coming from the finish line lower at Geelong, next start up, they're usually putting in 110%. So I would certainly be behind the Punga Isla wherever she's racing next. Georgie? Oh, look, yeah, look, she's a special talent. Of course, she won the Oaks uh, at Geelong in 25-44 before this injury. 
I've got four of them. I'll be very quick. These all started at the Vic Breeders uh, at Sandown. Arizona Eyes for Robbie Britton, who's by Fernando Bale out of the exact same damn line as Tornado Tears. Uh, Gypsy Yankee is another one for the Tom Daly camp, who uh, is out of a, a greyhound called Dinah Gypsy, who was very good before she broke down. The other two, it was good to see Bewildering get his first city winner with Eilish running 29.64. His uh, great-grandmother, uh, his uh, great-granddam, sorry, was Cindine Shelby, who won a Top Gun. And the last one was Houdini Boy, um, a Zambora Brocky pup out of Pechi, who's a half-sister to uh, Captain Dynamite's mum. So there's so many great pedigrees uh, on show last Sunday. That series continues on Sunday for semi-finals, and then the final will be on Harrison Dawson final night. So looking forward to these youngsters that uh, continue uh, off on their career. Great work. Enjoy your week, and can't wait for Thursday night especially. Thank you, Molly. Thanks very much, Gareth. And thank you, George. Thanks, guys.